Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. We are going to jump in on our last session here. Our last session, we are going to be going through Exodus. So as you are opening up to Exodus chapter 14... I want to tell you guys about a time that uh, I did not quite know how to get home. So I was camping, right? And, and, and being, being a, a person who is camping, um, you, you usually like to go out and see nature, right? That's kind of part of the experience. And so me and my sister were up in the mountains in like Colorado, out in the middle of nothing. We're in the sticks. And I, I see this deer trail and... We were, we were taught by my parents, buddy system, right? Buddy system. That way, if something happens, you've got a buddy. That way, you're not in misery alone, I guess. I don't know. So we have this buddy system, and uh, we, we follow this little deer trail that we saw going off into the woods. where We're going to see Bambi or something. It's, it's going to be exciting. Uh, very quickly, I realized we're probably not seeing Bambi, but I have a better plan. See, my sister is scared to death of wookalars. Long story. Wookalars are terrible creatures. And so I decided to help my sister with her fear of wookalars by um, every time she wasn't looking, I'd throw a stick over some. Is that a wookalar? And then uh, I'd. I'd get her running, and then I'd go and sneak around this way and jump scare her, and then she'd start running that way, and then I'd go over here. And before you realize it, after all this running and jumping and scaring and wookalars galore, um, I got kind of bored with it and thought, let's, let's go back. Which way is back? So I'm a little, probably a upper middle school student lost in the Colorado Rockies with my sister, my baby sister. So I'm supposed to be the responsible one. That was the first mistake. I have no idea how to get home. She says, which, which, which way's back? I think it's this way. Because moss always grows on trees. <laughs> so that helps somehow. I don't know. So we, we start wandering. And very quickly, I get this sick feeling. Because I know no matter where I turn and which direction I go, there's a chance I may not get home. Luckily for us, as we're banging rocks together and sticks, trying to make an exorbitant amount of noise, more for a placebo than anything. We came across this trail. And this trail made, made me curious. I thought, well, this one's wider than all these little deer trails. I wonder if this is the way. But see, I didn't know it was the way. I, I, I had questions. And so as I am looking into this path, this lady comes walking by. And she looks at us in the sheer terror on my face and the sheer tears on my sister's. She knows she's going to get eaten by the wookalars. 
And she offered to help. She said, are you guys okay? And I said, I don't know the way home. Will this get me back? That's very much like life, isn't it? Everybody's wandering around scared, hoping that somehow they happen to cross paths and get home. Students, you know the way. You know the way home. How much different would that story have been if that lady had walked by? I don't want to offend them and ask if they're okay. How different would it have been if that lady said, well, if they really need help, they'll ask me. How different would it be if the lady said, well, you know what? This might be a way, but there are other ways. All ways go some ways. How different would that story have ended? But you see, she stood in confidence because she knew the way. So here we are in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, I'm going to start in my favorite starting place, verse 10. Some of you guys have been paying attention. I heard people say 10. <laughs> Sounded so excited. 10. Fine, I'll start at verse 9. The Egyptians pursued them all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamped by the sea at Pi and in front of Baal. And when Pharaoh drew near the... See why I don't start in verse 9? It's those hard words. Verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. They feared greatly and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses... Is it because there were no graves in Egypt you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone. We may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, verse 13, our key verse for this week. Fear not. Stand firm. See, fear not because there's a way. Stand firm because God made that way. And see the salvation of the Lord. See, salvation only comes by the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. And the Lord will fight for you. This is, this, this is our, our section. We've read it a lot of times. And, and today, I, I want to just take a quick time out on, on some of the other concepts where it was more, more about you. And let's look at this instead. It's not about you. It's about a bigger picture. See, it's really easy to think about little old me. To be frank and honest, when I was lost in the forest with my sister, part of me thought, I'm tired of the crying. Every man and woman for themselves. <laughs> Go be wookalar food. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. 
But see, there's a bigger picture. There's a grander scale. See, God's mission here goes beyond this momentary salvation. See, God's salvation that he's fixing to work isn't just a temporary, yay, we're now on the other side of the water. Let's build sandcastles now. I don't know. I mean, it it goes beyond that. I can say that very strongly because of what we looked at in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 7, that was the initial promise from God to Abraham. When he said that Abraham would have many children, which later, by the way, became Israel. Because when you have kids who have more kids, who have more and more kids, who have more and more and more kids, who have, you get the picture? You have a nation, Israel. God made a promise to Abraham that he would have many, 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 many kids and that they would be a nation. But the promise goes one step further. If you can, go, go ahead and flip back just to that. I, I, I want you to see this because I don't want you to miss this because the point of the story is it's not just about you. It's not just about them. There's a bigger picture. Uh, Two, let's look at verse, or sorry, uh, chapter 12. I don't know what I just said. I I was reading while talking, and that never works for me. It's kind of like chewing gum and chewing gum. (laughs) So we're going to be in uh, Genesis 12. Now I want to look at verse 1 is where we'll start. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your kindred, and your father's house, the land which I will show you. So this land, this home, was a promise. And your kindred and your father's house, this land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. Okay, that's Israel. And I will bless you and make your name great. Oh, he did. Because everybody who was of the Hebrew culture would say, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? They, they, they had the, the, the lineage down. It was all really important to them. And so Abraham, big, strong name. I will make uh, your name great, that you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse. And here's the kicker. And in you... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth. You see, this goes beyond Abram. This goes beyond Abram's kid. This goes beyond Abram's nation. You see, for God so loved the whole world that he wanted to bless them with something through the lineage of of Abram. And we looked at that a little bit. We looked at that in part earlier this week. God's plan is to restore a relationship and to have this relationship, right? And, and so, so here we've got this idea, though, that the relationship isn't just personal. Is it a personal relationship? Yes. 
but it's also a corporate relationship with the whole world, which is interesting. Did you see where it said all nations except for Egypt because they're jerks? Wait, so God even wants to bless those who curse us? He wants to bring them into a relationship with himself. This, this was groundbreaking when this was said to me the first time. And it, it took me a while to digest it. We have to know and remember that God loves our biggest, worst enemy, the person that we butt heads with the most. God loves that person as much as he loves you. His redemption, his salvation is just as much for that person as it is for you. He can transform lives as much for that person as he did you. Or if you're one of those really perfect people who's never done anything wrong, then more than you. Our God is in the business of redemption on mass scale. That's his mission. So today's title, Let's Go Stand in God's Mission. Let's go stand in God's mission. See, he's going to take them to the promise, and he's going to bless all nations through them. Remember his plan to have a relationship with man? He uses these people to build that relationship. These people are in the lineage of Jesus Christ. These are Jesus Christ's great, 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 lots of greats, grandparents. That's crazy. And the best part about it is if you want to look at that lineage, you can find that lineage of Jesus in the New Testament. And it's all just super perfect people who have it all together, never make any mistake. No! Dear goodness, some of those people, I'd be embarrassed to talk to them. One of them was a prostitute. Did you know that? There's a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus Christ. You want to know who else is in there? There's another lady who's even, she doesn't even have the right genealogy. She's the wrong race. Which goes to show God isn't about picking one race over another race when it comes to grace. So, you look into some of the others and you've got Tamar. Ooh, don't even get me started on that one. That one's all sorts of freaky. God uses broken people to exalt himself on a grand scale of redeeming the masses into salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Broken people. If that's you in this room, great. If somehow you made it to this room and you have never made a mistake in your life, <laughs> be careful how you step out this door today because it might happen like that. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God has enough glory to go around. So the mission is to bless all nations through Jesus, but there's a catch to that mission. There's a catch to that mission. I want to look at Romans. Towards the end of your Bible, 
Don't panic too much. I'm not going to look at a bunch of scripture with you guys today. Just, just these. Romans. Once you find Romans, I want you to look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I want to read verse 9 through 15. This is talking about God's mission for redemption. This is talking about God's mission to reach as many people as possible with a second birthday. Because remember, if you're born once, you die twice. Once from this earth and once for eternity. If you're born twice, once of water, once of spirit, you have one day you die. And that's from this earth. And then you live for eternity in spirit. So Romans chapter 10, verse 9, I want to look at this, 9 through through 15. 9 through 15, it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, so if anybody wants to know how to be saved, that's the verse. You might highlight that. You might underline it. You might put a bookmark in there, dog ear the page. That's it. You've heard me do the ABC, accept, believe, confess. It's all right here. So that is verse 9. Let's keep going. For with the heart one believes and is justified, with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jews and Greeks. God doesn't play favorites when it comes to race. God doesn't play favorite when it comes to genealogies. God doesn't play favorites when it comes to your family being perfect and, oh, nobody's ever divorced or everybody's always divorced, so I guess I'm disqualified. No, our God doesn't play that game. For he loved the whole world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should have everlasting life. No Jew nor Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now here's our catch. Here's our catch right here. We know the way. We know how to get home. We have our second birthday. God wants to bless all the nations. So then we have our conundrum. Ooh, that's a good word, conundrum. We have our problem here in verse 14. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So my question is, do you have ugly feet? Spiritually speaking, I don't care about your physical feet. That's just nasty. (laughs) Do you have beautiful feet in your life? Are your feet feet that march the gospel into places where people are wandering through, hoping that they find their way home in the end? 
while the fear of sin and the death that it brings, the destruction that is inevitable, looms over them. How are they to hear unless we who have the answers bring the answers to them? Well, what are the answers? You need Jesus. Well, what's, what? but there's got to be more. If there was more, then God wouldn't say faith like a child. I can give my kids like a, a list of things to do. You know how many they get done? The one that I say, okay, let's simplify it. No longer am I going to have you vacuum the stair with that vacuum cleaner right there. I'm going to have you vacuum this little corner right here. Let me help you. I'll hold it while you move the little little hose. Faith like a child. Simple. Not complicated. Because if it were complicated, then we would would end up boasting and bragging about, well, guess what? I did it with fine color. No, No! It's simple. He did it all. All we have to do, Jesus died. Yes. You saw it in that scripture. Admit you sin. Believe in him and confess him. A, B, C. Childlike. You can teach that to somebody. You can bring that to somebody. See, someone needs to be sent out on God's mission. As a matter of fact, somebody is, and that somebody is us. Uh, Note takers, I'm going to fire one your way. Uh, It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul is writing. Paul, by the way, terrible dude. Terrible dude. I think he may have had uh, some slight pride issues, maybe some anger issues. May have killed a few people. Okay, he definitely did kill a few people. And when he wasn't killing them, he was cheering for the ones who were killing them. Talk about a perfect individual, right? Woo! Paul. He's the one God used to write most of the New Testament. Paul. He's the one that God used to start so many churches. Paul, writing here, says that he is there to reach the other races. Paul, the one who breaks through walls to bring Jesus, says this about us. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are representatives of Christ. It'd be like if you were to go to our mayor and our mayor says, Amarillo's doing such and such. She is representing all of us. Can she do that well? Yes. Can she do that not so well? Yes. Each one of us goes and represents Jesus Christ through the way we speak, the way we share, the way we talk and teach about Jesus Christ. Do we do that well? Sometimes. Do we do that poorly? Yeah, sometimes. But we are representing him. Uh, another, another good one that I want to throw out to you. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. As a matter of fact, in this section, this is Jesus telling the disciples. This is his parting words 
in the book of Matthew, his parting words. I see a lot of you turning there. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. You, you guys are ambitious. I wasn't planning on it, but we'll do it. Matthew chapter 28. I love how you guys are just ready to hear his word and find his word. You guys rock. 28, we're going to look at the very tail end of that. We're going to look starting in verse 18. Verse 18. As a matter of fact, I do want to throw this out there just in the verse before, 17. Some people didn't believe. There's always going to be people who doubt, even those closest to you. That does not affect our obedience. Our obedience is to him because with him is our worship. Verse 18 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of... There's that word again. Yes, all nations. Baptizing them. Oh, we're going to do that tonight. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Note, he said teaching. Some of you guys got to experience interweb learning. That distance learning or whatever they call it. Where you're at home on your computer and you're supposed to be like learning. Studies are showing that was a complete flunk, by the way. Congratulations to you guys. You got a free semester out of it. But sometimes that's how we feel like we can be reaching people for Jesus Christ. We're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to tell them anything. They'll just look at my life. And because I'm so perfect, then they'll want to be like Jesus. No, you're not perfect. Who are you trying to kid? Teaching requires movement of the mouth and requires a close proximity with you and somebody who needs to receive Jesus. In other words, it's not this distance thing. Oh, you will see me from across Walmart and somehow get saved. If that's you, you've got some incredible spiritual gift that I want some of. Teaching. Teaching, as a matter of fact, when Jesus taught the disciples, it wasn't by osmosis. Jesus didn't go up to them while they were sleeping and, all right, now when you wake up, you're going to have all of this knowledge. Oh, that was too much. That was when I created everything. You don't need that. And then Peter wakes up and he's like, oh, wow, I know all about God. It would be cool if it works that way. But that's not the way it works. It's this raw process, this climb, this, this journey through the wilderness that we're all in together with things that come and oppose us. But we have the answer. Why? Because we have the right path. I walked on that path with my sister and this lady who I didn't know. It was hard work. But it got us home where there was life and an absence of wicklars. Until later that night. <laughs> we need to stand in God's mission and not just expect everyone can just figure things out on their own. You have a story. You have a testimony. 
You have a bit of knowledge that has been taught to you. Oh, but it's not much. Okay. I didn't wake up one morning and have Bible verses memorized. I've been memorizing scripture since I was four years old. And even now, sometimes I paraphrase because I can't remember it exactly. <laughs> we all start somewhere. I'm going to tell a story. I got, I got Gibbs, uh, Jake's permission to share this story. Where, where'd Jake go? He's hiding. Oh, there you are, Jake. Jake is my hero. Jake is a former youth student of mine. And this is one of the stories that I've heard that has blessed me more than any other story that I have ever heard. There was a young man. He came to our youth group every Sunday, every Wednesday. All the time. You've heard me teach. I don't just play a game and, okay, let's go home. I teach. Let's look at God's word. I give the salvation message over and over. And this kid is just not receiving Christ. And we, we've got a good hunch that he's probably not saved. And I'm trying and trying. But you know what? God had a different vessel in mind. One day, Jake Gibbs is on the bus with a kid that I had been praying for for a long time. A kid that I've had personal conversations with many times. A kid that I had been trying so hard to reach. Jake Gibbs is sitting there next to him on the bus. And Jake Gibbs says, You know what? You should get saved, man. And led that man to Christ right there on the school bus, his high school year. That story shook me. Because that story could be any one of you. What if each one of you was willing to step up and be a hero for Christ? You were willing to rise and let God's salvation be seen and heard in the person who is sitting right next to you in school. The family member who is living right next to you in the room next door. God could reach all nations if you are willing to be a missionary where he's planted you. It's time we have a generation rise up and be heard unapologetically for God. We have had far too many silent generations when it comes to Christianity and the truths of the gospel. Far too many, and my generation is one of those. Do not be afraid. Jesus works out all the details. Just like in the story, God did all the details. You may not know where the conversation's going. It might go all the way to heaven. Well, but I'm afraid of failing. Did Jesus reach successfully the 12 men that he tried to impact? Pretty sure one of them got him killed. I wonder why he did that. Maybe it was so that we would know it's okay if our best friend is a complete knucklehead. As long as we are faithful with trying our darndest to reach them day in and day out. Not compromising, not going down the path they are, but unapologetically walking the way and inviting them to come on that with us. They might be in church. They might hear the gospel week in, week out. 
You don't know who might be praying for them and been trying to reach them when God has your mouth ready to reach their ears in the way that they can receive him. Will you rise and tell people how to get home? Because he rose, we can. Because we rise in him, we can call others too. So I want to close with this, this prayer. And then I'm, I'm passing the microphone to Gibbs, uh, Jake. Got to get in the habit of saying Jake. There's too many Gibbses running around here. But I do want to pray this prayer. And wherever you're at, right now, bow your head, close your eyes. And I'm believing in faith that the majority of you as I was talking, had a name or a face pop in your head. You're like, mm, anybody but that one. Maybe that's the Gentile. Maybe you didn't think of a name with wherever you're at, heads bound, eyes closed. Pray and ask God to show you who to reach this week. That leaves just a couple days. Who are you going to reach this week? Not waiting for next week, not waiting for them to come up to you and say, why are you so perfect? I want to be just like you. No. Who are you going to go out of your way to reach and share the gospel with? And pray for strength to stand up and do it. And when you're ready, when you've got that name, You've got that face. I ask that you would stand up where you're at and just say, I will rise. Because we need people to rise to the occasion. Say it. I will rise. If you can't say that in front of the people who are rising with you, how can you say Jesus to the ones who are falling beside you? Say, I will rise. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.